There we are. We are live. <laughs> hey, live. <laughs> live, 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 live. <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. Do you want to play now? Yes, please. <laughs> All right, you primitive screwheads. Listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fabrics and a nice candy. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. <laughs> I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ come upon you. This is my boomstick. What's your favorite scary movie? Good evening, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. I am your host, David, and with me, as usual, is Neri. Oh, what's up, man? Changing up the <laughs> every time. It's keeping me on my toes. Daniel. What up, y'all? And back for the first time since, uh, I want to say, 2000 and maybe 18, Whenever is, is Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? Evening, motel people. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm sharing this now on uh, on the uh, on the specifically Facebook. that quote. He's like, let me make sure yeah. people. Damn hear it! You know Jeff. what? I, I, I share I shared it from Shiver. I'll do it later. All right. <laughs> so you're gonna share something that's live later. Uh, well, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I should, I, I'll just do it now. I I always do this. I'm such an old man. It was like that time we were on Geekmore and we got a comment and it was like from Geekmore. I was like, what is happening right now? Um, oh, I found out why it went three times. You can unclick each each of the, the, the ones there. It's weird. Fantastic. It's not weird. It's not weird. Everybody knew that. Weird. Everybody <laughs> I, I, I did not. All right. Te That's how the face space works. Te technology is my... Um, is my my nemesis you kids in your my books yeah ah <laughs> uh, yes i'm the popular social networking site bookface, <laughs> bookface. uh so a uh, little bit of of context here behind the scenes as it were um so before shiver went on our our large hiatus we uh oh we've got some comments already uh, Missy says, I didn't do my homework. Someone let me copy. Copy Jeff. And then she says, uh, <laughs> this is like if boys to men got back together. Uh, yeah, it's that big. It's that big a deal. <laughs> we, uh, we we actually sold out the, the Hollywood Sportatorium. So... Um, <laughs> which doesn't hasn't existed in years. But they cut they cut capacity to zero because right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's still sold out. <laughs> uh so so Jeff, before we went on hiatus back in uh 2018 or 2019, his pick was the next pick that was supposed to be up. And he had picked um oh I still have this up, Donnie. Thank you. <laughs> uh he had picked Demon Knight. So uh, for those of you that listened last time, you're probably expecting The Conjuring. Um, however, I, I, I like to make this so that when we have a guest on, uh, the guest gets to pick what we're going to talk about. And so um, even though Jeff is um, 
in in, in our hearts still uh, still original co-host of of this podcast. Um, he 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 is still uh, guest appearing on here. So uh, so Jeff got to pick. He picked Demon Knight, uh, which is a uh, a Tales from the Crypt movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a huge fan of Tales from the Crypt. However, I had never seen this movie. So this was totally new for me. And I um I I I want to gauge where where all of us kind of fall on this. Tales from the Crypt got such like widespread critical acclaim. There were um legends that worked on on the show guys like joel silver guys like robert zemeckis richard donner uh these are hollywood heavyweights that produced this show and directed episodes for the show right um i think i looked it up uh last night or two nights ago and, and the show is ridiculously fresh on rotten tomatoes right yet somehow this movie manages to 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 be critically panned and um, and so there's there's a there's some sort of misconnect there, and I'm not exactly sure what's going on. But I wanted to see how how you guys felt about about the movie. I'm not sure how many of us here have seen the show, but um, do do you think that this is something that kind of falls in line with the show? Uh, do you think it deserves that that sort of like really low critical rating that it has? We can start with uh, with Neri. Uh, what's the critical rating for this movie? I think it was in the 40 percentile. Let me look it up so I can give you an exact rating. Oh, that's not abysmal. That's like just regular low. Uh, <laughs> I guess regular low. Sure. Yeah, that's like regular low. Like regular low. Like if you said like in the teens or 20 something, like, oh, that's no, a it isn't that low. The one that followed Bordello of Blood. Now that one is very low. It's a uh, 38 percent fresh. Yeah, that's on Rotten real. Tomatoes. Okay, yeah, that's that's. A but sixty four percent audience. Yeah. Uh, well, the the Google user review or percentage for this, because I'm just looking at it on um, on well, Google, uh, is ninety one percent of Google users like it. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's that's very high. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's somewhere in between those two numbers. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> two numbers. No, I, I very much enjoyed. Uh, I very much enjoyed the um, the movie. I hadn't seen it before. Uh, I, when I was a kid, I never watched Tales from the Crypt because uh, I always uh, assumed that it was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wrong. It's not. Uh, I've seen like two episodes since. The one episode that I saw as a kid was like the body transformation one where the old man. Oh, yeah. Classic episode. Yeah, that's that's the one that I had seen. Um, and it reminded me very much. And again, I'm saying this, but I, knowing that I never saw many episodes of this either, but it reminded me a lot of Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's it's got that feel like a more humorous Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, so I was never like, uh, but. So as a kid, I just thought it was scary because of the Crypt Keeper. I assumed it's at the HBO, it's, it's, uh, it has a Crypt Keeper, so, so I stayed away from it. And then in the years followed, I watched, I've seen a couple episodes after, aside from that body uh, changing one, and I was like, oh, this isn't scary. Uh, I would like to go back to watch all of them, to be honest with you, to watch more of them, because I don't find them scary. Uh, I will say that this movie, uh, not scary, super funny. It's a lot of fun. It, I had a lot of, again, first time watching this movie uh, last uh, yesterday. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it was great, and um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I mean, if I was gonna give it a rating, I'd probably give it something like a seventy-five or eighty or something like. I don't know what what rating. Okay. 
we'll, we'll I guess we'll get that to the end. But uh, yeah, if you're asking me about Ron Tomato scores, I do I think it's uh, yeah, it, it's a really good movie. I think it's really fun. But I'm watching it 20 years after the fact that I'm watching it for what it is, or mm -hmm. you know, 30 years after the fact. I'm watching it and knowing what it is. I'm not watching. I'm not, you know what I mean. Well, it's, it's it's since become a, a cult classic, and I think you know um, we talked about this on Geekmore when we did uh, cult movies, um, and you said something that I think is really important to to think about sometimes, which is that uh, time, right, uh, distance uh, between when when a movie is released and um, and when you reassess a movie is important. So um, you know, it, it something that was critically panned when it came out. Uh, you you reassess it later and you're like, you know, what, this was kind of ahead of its time or or this, um, you know, we, we kind of understand what the director was going for now or something like that. So, yeah, I think if you I think if you're if you are what, what year did this come on? 94, 95, 95. Yeah, I, I could see people going to watch this movie in 1995 and not knowing that it's supposed to be humorous. It's not so, you know, what I mean, it's supposed to be more of a comedy than horror. So right? if you're going in there for the tales of the crypt moniker uh and you're going for horror i could see critics being like what the fuck is this go what's going on here like then they're, they're not knowing what's going on uh, i watched it you know 25 years later and going like oh this is fun i just had a lot of fun with it i thought it was i thought it was really cool um so that, that's my i mean i have some issues with the movie but we'll get to that later i guess yeah 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 no we certainly will um debona this is a movie that uh, that I watched. I'd seen before we decided to watch it uh, for this, but it had been a long time, so it was good to go back and watch it. This is a movie that definitely has some some really bright spots and some some things that that I don't like that much. Uh, so I, I think that forty percent, something like that, is is low uh, because I do enjoy this movie, but I do think that it's also kind of a cautionary tale of you know what necessarily works in a twenty two to forty minute time slot. Mm -hmm. does not necessarily a feature film make. Um, there's there's so much... something we're going to talk about, by the way. We, right. we, and we do have something and there's, for that. You know, so um, I, think that, I think that going 40 with it is low. I think that if you, you go in the 40s, then you are one of these people who, like Neri said, didn't know you were in for a schlock fest. You don't know what Tales from the Crypt is about. So I think that that's a low... I do think that that score is kind of low, but then I would also say the Google score is on the high side. So, I mean, it it's, it's hit and miss. Uh, Missy says Tales from the Crypt was like the primetime version of Goosebumps. And I can't disagree with that. With tits. Uh, yeah. With tits. Yeah. <laughs> you, usually, usually with tits. Um, yeah. That's that's a pretty accurate statement there. Uh, Jeff? This is going to go on the list of things that if I ever go back in time to talk to young Neri, he's like, hey, you should probably watch Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> you should probably be watching this shit. Um, so, I mean, obviously I, I, I recommended this movie, this movie, um, I, I will hundred percent say that I do have some, some nostalgia to it because, um, there was about two years that where my cousin and I, when we shouldn't have been watching this movie, we're watching this movie pretty much every week or every other week, at least once. Nice. So I've easily seen this movie in, in upwards of 30 to 50 times. Um, I've just seen it three times since last week when we said we we're going to do this episode. Um, Those of you who are um, who are listening and not watching live, which, by the way, you should watch live. Uh, Jeff actually has it on in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. in the background. It's on again. <laughs> um, so it to me, I, I can see that it's not a perfect movie. And um, Ish from Better Let Me Tell You 
Mm. Perfect. He commented and he sent me a message after, which is perfectly, it fit exactly what it is. It's like, is this a great movie or a perfect movie? Not at all. But is it a fun movie? Absolutely. Like yeah. I have fun watching this movie and I know we'll get to it with the actors and stuff like that. But um, I, I actually do think that a lot of the performances were actually great in this um, or entertaining in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, compared to like Citizen Kane, I'm not or something like that. When I say great, I'm not meaning it like comparing it to like an Oscar film, but. Um, I, I, I just think it's a fun movie. Oh, I it's, think if you compare it to, yeah. to Oscar, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty comparable. <laughs> oh, <dang>. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't by any means think it's like a 90% score in my heart. It's like in the seventies to eighties, because again, I have this nostalgia. I watched this movie. I could quote this movie. It had been at least. 10 15 years since i had seen this movie when i I, previously from when i told said hey let's do this episode Mm -hmm. so i i i i I was like i hope that this isn't just ruined by nostalgia like that i I loved it from nostalgia purposes and when i rewatch i don't like it but for me it still held up and i still loved it um i i'm glad that i find i was also able to find a movie that dave had never seen that was a horror movie, <laughs> you know. So um, I, abs- I, I, I love it. I, I enjoy it, and um, I can see where people may not like it, but I, I love the movie. Um, yeah, the- the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, your, uh, your thoughts kind of um, mimic my own. I, I, I don't think that this is a good movie like an objectively good movie uh but it's one that is um like infinitely enjoyable it's uh it's it's a movie that you can kick back and um i i haven't had a chance to to rewatch it again but i have had the desire to go back and rewatch it um and uh, even though this isn't something i i saw as a kid um it does feel like an episode of tales from the crypt and and so therefore there is that nostalgia because that that is a tv show that i watched a lot as a kid i was obsessed with the crypt keeper um his um his his really sort of creepy but funny laughter and 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 voice um it was it was amazing to see that again and 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 to to see the the introduction of the tv show yeah in high definition um was was really cool because I, I was used to seeing it on like a little on a, on a little tv and i i actually um i've bought a couple of the seasons on on itunes uh but they haven't been remastered they're still in in standard definition so they look just like how how, how i remember them so it's you know fairly grainy it's it's not anything that um uh you know to to write home about it's just a a vehicle for watching the show again so it was it was really nice to see something from tales from the crypt that i hadn't seen before um and and i i personally enjoyed it quite quite a bit um not good but really (laughs) really enjoyable it's it's the right kind of trash i think um is is how i would put it like the jerry springer of horror movies there we go (laughs) there you go yeah uh so wait jerry springer or maury povich same oh this this is jerry though this is jerry this is jerry okay nobody's Um, nobody's taking a paternity test (laughs) you are not the demon (laughs) (laughs) i 
just I just had an image of of two demons sitting yeah. on stage, kind of, kind, of, kind of like uh like like something right right out of Stay Tuned, you know, like just one of those demented programs that they had on Stay Tuned with two demons sitting on stage, and there's another demon there in a suit, you know, with a little piece of paper like Maury, and then he looks over and he grunts over, and then one demon gets up and starts shouting. Yeah, I just did then it. All, I just did it right now. I just did the whole thing. Yeah, but all but but everyone in the everyone in the audience is a demon too. Some yeah. little hellion with the camera's got to chase the other one backstage <laughs> so we can get him crying. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right, so uh, we we touched upon this very briefly when we were uh, talking about this just now, but um, I I think Demon Knight as an extended episode of Tales from the Crypt. Right. Um, this was a thirty-minute format. Right. The the TV show. And the the episodes, in in my opinion, most of them were pretty good. Uh, they 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 hit much more than they miss, right? As an anthology, sometimes yeah. you know, th- there's there's going to be some clunkers in there, but um, they they kind of followed a specific mold. There was definitely humor. Um, there there was some uh, some scares involved. Um, Nary, there are some episodes that are like legitimately scary. Um, it, it all depended on you know who wrote the episode. Shining, about the Shining, so you're you're. I, I'm <laughs> you have to say right now. You have uh, to back that you have to earn back that warning caliber because I was oh, like, mm. I mean, I I don't care. <laughs> so, right. um, so um, does this uh does this feel for those of us that have seen uh Tales from the Crypt? Does it feel like a Tales from the Crypt story? And does does that format, the extended format, it's basically three episodes, um, you know, kind of ramped into one. Does the format work? Well, the interesting thing about this movie is it was actually written before the Tales from the Crypt show. Mm-hmm. The script on for this was written in, in 87. Um, it just passed around to different studios um, for a bit until Tales from the Crypt was like, hey, we we like this. We want to add this into our, so it was, it was out there before it. And it's also the uh, one of the first time they didn't base a story off any of the comics. Right. So that's another thing. This is what the first original story from tales from the crypt that was not based off of one of the comics. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it is different in that sense. So it may have, it, it is going to have a different tone because it, it, it doesn't have anything to uh, rely on from from before except for a little bit of like that pattern like you said that a lot of the tales from the crypt movies take that, that you know that that the humor the the you know like the get the pussy off the table kind of jokes yeah. and stuff like that you know like that's tales that's classic tales from the crypt like the those you, you know those those jokes but it it absolutely has a different tone than what it is also they tried to make this the start of an extended universe Mm-hmm. which is what they were asked to do by Tales from the Crypt was to set this up for a, a trilogy mm-hmm. uh, of films. Um, so they had a certain set of instructions that the series really didn't, which because each was, was pretty much its own episode. So right. there was a lot of additional things having to do with this one that the show didn't have to necessarily worry about because the people running tales the tales from the crypt you know were like hey we want you to make this whole world we want to do three movies out of this we want to you know and make it original Mm -hmm. so 
there's a reason why it may not fit with that Tales from the Crypt TV series. Yeah. Well, and you know, one thing about it, uh, about it being an extended episode of Tales from the Crypt is uh, oftentimes Neary made the comparison to the Twilight Zone earlier. And oftentimes Tales from the Crypt served as cautionary tales. Um, you know, a lot of times there they were allegorical to an extent. You know, there was there was there was a lesson to be drawn from this. It, they were all you know, they were different ones were about uh, different reasons that, you know, that people who that, that were lifted up fell. And so, you know, that's not necessarily something that happened in this one. You know, this was it's very obvious that this was not written to be a Tales from the Crypt movie because there's 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 no rise and fall. You know, there's no there's no big surprise or anything like that. Uh, and that does I don't even know that necessarily takes anything away from the movie. Uh, I just think that you uh, you remove the bookends of the Crypt Keeper and you just release this movie as Demon Knight if somebody had. And I don't think it would have made very much of a difference one way or the other. Uh, it, you know, they they interject the humor and and some things like that. But that's what's always missing for me when I watch Demon Knight as a Tales from the Crypt movie is uh, I feel like there's there's no a lesson to be learned. And I know that sounds ridiculous from tales of the crypt, but you go back and you watch uh, some of the best episodes, yellow, um, abracadaver, death of some salesman. There's, there's a reason that these people are being tortured or having to go through hell or that bad yeah, things so, happen. Someone to needs to get their come up. Yes, exactly. Um, and that's where ta- that was a, that was a spot that tales from the crypt filled. And this movie didn't do that. Uh, so, you know, I, I enjoy the fact that the Crypt Creepers at the beginning and the end, you know, the, the, the scene with the, with the bathtub and with John Larroquette and stuff like that at the beginning, That's great. you know, that makes it feel very Tales from the Cryptish. Uh, that stuff is great, but it, it just, it, the, the, the actual movie, actually Demon Knight to me, doesn't feel anything like Tales from the Crypt. Uh, and you know, the only reason you think about that is because it's called Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. So... I don't really look at it as an extended episode. Uh, and, you know, and what Jeff said is probably the reason why. Um, I think that those those bookends, you know, the, the connective tissue to the show. Um, kind of kind of served to remind us how different the like the, the movie in the middle is. Yeah. Right. With, with without that there, you wouldn't have the connective tissue that that binds it to to the show. But it also, you know, because it's there, it's reminding you how different the the progression of this story is from Tales of the Crypt. Um, however, I do think that the, um, I mean the that introduction is very Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Um. In in fact, there's there's an episode which I can't remember the name of now that starts off almost exactly the same way um you know about you know woman conning a guy and uh you know calling calling her you know her actual lover to come over um so i i was like oh man that's so cool that that they're they're bringing in that feel of the show so even though the movie didn't quite have that tales from the crypt um feeling to go along with it it was I think technically filmed uh, as as a Tales from the Crypt episode. To me, like a lot of the camera angles that were used, yeah, and the, the, felt the very the, Tales from the Crypt. A the lot special of the, effects, the special effects, it, it all felt very Tales from the Crypt. So even though um, you know the, thematically it wasn't very similar, um, this may have been 
something that could have been like a like more a more off episode, you know, because uh, there, right. there were occasionally episodes that you know uh, it it was just all hell breaking loose, and 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 maybe maybe that's that's what this was. So I I, I think that it's it's more tales from the crypt ish than um uh than you and jeff have suggested even though the movie existed before the show right um but i think that there's there's enough there for me to say you know what uh, yeah all right it's tales from the crypt um nary yeah i i thought i went first <laughs> this the whole thing um yeah Right. Well, no, because he you asked him about the show and if the show was an extended, but he's never watched the show, so right, it's hard for him to gauge show. that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Great. So, uh, plot. Right. Um, does this narrative work? Right. Um, like the taking away everything that ties it to to the TV show, like as a story, does does the does the story work, right? Um, the show was known for having these like amazing stories. And um, would you say that this is a great story? Like special effects aside, um, tone and all that aside, um, you know, what what did you like about the, the story or, or, or didn't? Is, is that one of the things that you think didn't really work for it? Uh, yeah, that was one of my issues with uh, the, it wasn't really clear. Like, the, I had to ask uh, Jeff about it. Like, I like what the stars meant on the hands and what, like, I, I, I was still kind of confused as to what was happening in that sense. Um, it wasn't really clear. Um, the overall picture was clear in the sense of like, this is uh, Jesus's blood, I guess, and then it's it, it gets filled up by the blood of whoever is the the holder of it the protector of it i guess uh but the five stars thing the seven stars thing i'm sorry is not really clear i don't know what's happening they align when they get close to somebody or they yeah that that part got wonky because there's like that one scene where he's like it there the seven stars have to align and there have to be seven people and it's like why do there have to be seven people all they did was show up and massacre anybody that got in the way of like yeah. getting the key right well right. because whoever's the last person alive is the person he's supposed to transfer the key to because he even tells Jada, you're the one. Yeah, true. Yeah, but he, he, does it have to be seven people in the room? So if there was only six people in the room, does that, does that mean that the, the, the stars would have aligned? That well, he wouldn't have transferred the, 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 the vial? Right. It, so the, the way I understand it, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, because you, you've seen this way more than I have. <laughs> but um, you've seen it more than once, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so times. The, uh, the collectors can only collect the, the the key the vial uh when the stars align themselves in a certain position and so the tattoo on the hand the stars are constantly moving and it represents the stars that have to align themselves okay right well the collector is actually billy zane's character yeah, yeah but there's a different but there's a collector. different collector at the end right right, right. so my, what what i'm saying is the collector can only attempt to take the key when those stars align no, because he was no. chasing him at the beginning. The, yeah. the, the, they 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 say it in the in the story that they've already there's seven keys that once they get the seventh key, hell on earth will will come up. They've already collected six, so this is the last key. Breakers got the last key that isn't I, in the possession of the demons. Right. So I I had to imagine that the other keys were taken when the stars aligned. Well, no, remember the starring stars aligning has nothing to do with the demons. That has to do with 
Breaker Breaker's character with the Demon Knight that once the the stars align, he knows that he's in the right place because the stars are only going to align when he's in a location where whoever is going to be his next heir to the key is going to be there. Ah, and which it happens okay. to be seven people need to be there for each star. Whoever survives the, the situation, he transfers the key over. See, but at, at the same time, what gets confusing about that particular story element is when uh, Billy Zane shows up, he's like, I thought y'all would be safe uh, because there weren't seven of you. But then he yeah, showed up with five. the then he showed up with the sheriff and the deputy, and that made seven, and now you're not. And it's like so. <laughs> If Billy Zane had showed up by himself, getting after um, the uh, getting after the main guy, like then would he have not killed all the other people? Because he, he seemed pretty adamant in the fact that unless there were seven of them, Billy Zane wasn't going to show up and kill everybody. And so that's why he didn't say anything about them being in danger. But when he and but when he shows up with the two sheriffs or the sheriff and the deputy, whatever, then that makes seven, and then that is what allows Billy Zane to condemn this house that that's uh, like that's where i'm with neary where that part of the story gets real washy well and and the the stars weren't aligning until the end so if if the no, stars no, no when he thought, shows up to the hotel they circle oh, up oh, yeah, does, yeah, yeah. you're right you're right yeah but so, so would he not have transferred the key to um to jada pinkett's character had Billy Zane not attack them. So it, it what it what it implies is that once those that aligns, something's going to happen, in which there's there's a, there's something that so it could in fact be what you're saying that the collector does it does have something to do with the collector that there's a, a big event, but he's trying to avoid it because he can take the key at any time, but it just happens to be that Breaker gets to that place. The seven people come in. The the things align. So Billy Zane's character knows that whoever's left of this, if he doesn't murder everybody, is going to be the next person to take the key. So if the stars aren't aligned, he can't pass the key on. So that's why he didn't think that you know that necessarily everybody would be in danger. Correct. The fact that the stars are aligned is why Billy Zane has to kill everyone else because this is one time he's allowed to pass the key on. Because right, because now there's seven people in the in the building. Hey, okay. This hey, this is why we talk things out, right? <laughs> okay, but but the stars aligned before there were seven people in the building, right? That's why he's saying he went into the building, even though the stars were aligned. He said, "So it's going to happen, but there's only five people here, so it can't. It's not going to be right now. I'm these people are safe. What they're not going to come okay. for me because there's no there's no seven people in here. But then, like we said, the sheriff shows up that that the two of them it makes the seven. So I. I'm with Neri. I think I think that this this is definitely not clear enough because th this is still a lot of um, guessing at what exactly something means. I just checked, um, and the stars are are aligning. That I'm not understanding what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are they all seven there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 14. This is so long. His, his just made a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's. Um, I mean, it could be a, a MacGuffin, you know, ultimately it doesn't, the stars don't really fucking matter. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, that's, to me, uh, that's what I was going to say is like the, the plot, I, I had some questions on the plot. It didn't take away from the movie because mm. th this is not one of, you know what I mean? It's not a murder mystery. I don't, and <laughs> I fucking need, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not usual suspects. It's not like, I don't need it to be like, oh, it's perfect. 
it's fine. It's it is what it is. It's a fun movie. I had a lot of fun with it. I did have questions about it, but it, it wasn't by any means. It just did, did my questions of the plot take away from my enjoyment of the movie. So that that right. is speaking highly of that. So, uh, Debona, you have any any other um, story wise? No, uh, there there are a couple of uh, you know like. I don't know that I would necessarily call them plot holes. There's a couple times in the movie where you're like, you know, this doesn't seem to add up with, with the way the story's being told. Uh, like when the kid first shows up in the tunnels mm-hmm. and they, they come back through the, they come back through the hotel and they rush upstairs. Like there's a barrier at the top of the stairs and they pull the kid through that seamlessly. Yet he still feels the need to touch the kid to the key to touch the key to the kid to see if he's been possessed even though he's already come through a barrier that they know is stopping them. So just little things like that sometimes where I'm like, okay, you know, like I said, that's not a plot hole. That's just like a little, uh, I get, you know, he wants to test the kid and stuff like that. Um, The, I I guess, I guess they kind of halfway explain at one point at the end, why Billy Zane is able to do so much more than these, uh, than these other demons. Cause he says something about higher level. Yeah. Like he, he refers to others as lower level demons. Um, but throughout That's the movie, why he has penis flames. Yes, exactly. And uh, so you're you're watching it, and you're like, man, like I, I think it's gonorrhea. <laughs> <Not gonorrhea. laughs> Billy Zane loves the penis flame thing. Yeah. He 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 in the documentary that yeah. What do you think? Movie, what do you said, think sunk the tank? Uh, sank the Titanic, man. <laughs> well, he got this. Flame. He got this role. He got the Titanic role because of this movie. Really? God bless yes. America. The timing yeah. lines up. So that's that's <laughs> well, no, he says it and they say it in the documentary yeah. that they that he they loved him as the villain in this movie and they gave him the role of the villain in Titanic. Um, story <laughs> but the other thing about the story, and I guess it's just I guess, like you said, th- there are so many things that you can just chalk up to MacGuffin, but you know, it makes sense that originally the blood that's in there, right? That's that's the that's Jesus's blood. So it makes sense that that would do something, but I guess we're just supposed to kind of understand that once you become the holder of this key then you know that that, yeah like that power is kind of transferred into you so someday it can be filled with your blood um and so like that 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 part was that that part's always kind of weird to me right where it's like i mean before he got this key he was just some dude it's not it's not like they went the the dogma route where they're like, no, you had to get this key because you are a descendant of Jesus. Uh, I like, but I'm okay with this because I saw that in the story too. I questioned that too, but it's like, I like the fact that after doing, after protecting the key and after killing demons, you're doing God's work. Okay. So there me, we go. That Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I never, it didn't have to be explained to me, but that's the way I thought it. I'm like, oh, so anybody's blood. And then I thought, no, it's the guy who's holding its blood, which makes sense because he's doing God's work. Okay. And he that, said, oh, yeah. cute. What's up, Q? Uh, uh, what's up, Q? It's good to see you here. Uh, she says, Jesus's blood is an interesting place to jump back in on the podcast. We've taken yeah. a hard left since the last time you listened. Q. <laughs> but but they, he says it also because they ask, they're like, wait, is is that blood? And he goes, well, some of it. Because, yeah, some of it. You know, and this, if you remember in that flashback to the crucifixion, um, that lightning bolt, when he's holding the key, about to give it to the demon, that lightning bolt strikes essentially, you know, kind of showing you that there's an omnipotent omnipotent power that is you know overseeing all this so they can easily transfer and be like hey you've got jesus power now you know like to, the, to the people um but yeah yeah I, I i figured it was something like um is, is, you know, uh, is, is mary like, googling like, omnipotent 
Omnipotent. No, no, no. <laughs> I completely know what omnipotent. Omnipotent. Um, I figured it was something like um, like like when you put water into um, like a like a jug or, or, or like the last bit of that, shampoo that had yeah like shampoo or something <laughs> like not now you've got water in there but there's still some shampoo in there right right and you never quite get all the shampoo out right so if you you can keep dropping that blood right and it's got the the guy before you and it's got the guy before him but somewhere in there there's a little bit of jesus blood still in there well, yeah, and, so, mean- and so and so it all just mixes together and eventually what you have is you know diluted jesus blood. remember boys and girls when you have the key it's not just the blood of the person you got it from but the blood of the per- of every person that they've ever gotten <laughs> which, it from. Which, which which makes the which makes jada putting it, all that blood in her mouth really gross yeah super gross. Oh my. Like the blood of one person in her mouth is not fucking gross enough. Yeah, all right. Uh, no, that 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 uh, that's the way I took it. I mean, I saw it as like uh, you know, God is the Father to the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and every dad on in the history has always watered down the bottle of soap. And, uh, yeah. just, uh, you just keep watering it down. Yeah, yeah. I, Eventually, I, though, it's gonna it's got to catch up with you. Like when you replace your parents' vodka with water. And then eventually you go to pour a glass. You're like, oh, damn. I remember when I was a teenager and replaced this. Right. <laughs> the child becomes the adult. <laughs> uh, Jeff, is there anything about the story that kind of um, struck you? I mean, I, 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 think, I think it has a pr- pretty clear, you know, beginning to end. You, you get you get the gist of it. I, I, you can see that they're trying to do an expanded universe on it. Um, what I do like about the beginning and, and the thing is, is obviously having when the first time you watch this movie, maybe being as a kid, as an adult, we've watched enough horror movies that you can figure out who the bad guy is from the jump. You don't really know that at the beginning of this movie, you just see two guys chase a guy chasing another guy. And the guy in front blows up that guy's car. There's no real there's up until up until I mean, you can tell once they're in the hotel and you get those like smirks from Billy Zane. You can tell something's not right there. But Listen, it's, as, as a former insurance uh, claims adjuster, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, it's not Billy Zane's fault. That accident. That guy just <laughs> in the middle of the fucking road. Yeah. It was, and then shot uh, his shit up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, we, got, up, we got another comment here. Armando Lopez says Bordello of Blood was awful in capital letters. <laughs> Shame they couldn't expand it into an arc. Yeah, making Demonite into an arc. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they do have the key in there, but it has a totally different use in Bordello of Blood. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I I like that aspect of it. That at the beginning of it, you don't really know who the bad guy is per mm-hmm. se. You can figure it out now with a, but you don't. And and I, I enjoyed. And I know we're going to talk about character development, so that's something I'll mention after later. But I, I I do like where it goes. Um, there are those little things like Bona. I, every time I watch it, I'm like, there's a there's a door frame right there to the basement. Why are you yeah. guys going all the way upstairs and <laughs> losing all that that ground on the bottom? I'm with you on that 100. percent but I think overall, it's still a, a, an entertaining story. Like, I wish they would have done a sequel because I would have loved to see Jada and that new collector who looked dope as hell, yeah. you know, dealing with something like that, you yeah. know? Question. Um, 
what happens in the daytime? Like, do they not attack in the daytime? It's just like a yeah. yeah he made it seem like they just had to survive the night. Yeah, so. he just said like oh, See, we just got to survive the night, and I was like, are they like allergic to sunlight? Which makes sense, I guess. But I'm like, but at the end, the collector's trying to get on the bus while the sun's still up. Well, well that's why. That's problem. why I thought that. Uh, well, yeah, it could be that you know the collector's a higher level demon. Could be that they can go in the sun, and and the lower level ones can't, right? Which would explain the eyes, right? Yeah. Um, but. Then again, Billy Zane also like when when she kind of uh, gets him in the eye, you can see some green coming out from under his uh, um, the wound his, his yeah. eyeball there. So um, that's why I thought it had something to do with like astrology that it had something to do with like you know with, with the stars in the sky that they had that there were certain stars that had to be in in a specific you know formation for the demons to be because they are he says they're they're interdimensional right so you know maybe you know that had to do with it i don't know i'm still not uh unconvinced that uh <laughs> physical stars had nothing to do with it well another explanation for this because i i have so much like backstory information about this movie um billy zane was originally written as the devil mm -hmm. so in the original script billy the collector is the devil and in fact, there was a completely different ending that they rewrote after showing it to text audience, test audiences, okay. um, where it's he. But the whole time he's considered a devil. So that could be something to do with it about the fact that they can walk in the daylight, but maybe these demons can't. Because mm -hmm. um, even the whole, in the, the, in the flashback at night, the whole movie takes place at night. Right. Well, yeah. and, and, and in the flashback to to the crucifixion, they're in hoods. When they're yeah, out in the daylight, very true. Yeah, they're so also like the, reptilian looking. So, right, but um, but yeah. So, but yeah. I mean, that's that that could be one of the reasons why they they the collector can walk in the sunlight. The other ones can't because he originally was supposed to be the devil, like the 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 creme de la creme of demons. Um, even so, he he starts out in a in a cowboy hat, and, and yeah. so he's the second the collector and the duster. Uh, and, and and the duster. Yeah, it could be that they're trying to keep as much sun off of them as possible. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, and the, the things... collector at the end's got like a really wide brimmed hat. Yeah, so, yeah the Undertaker and, hat. And, yeah, like the Undertaker hat. <laughs> so that does make sense. Hat. One of the things that to me this reminded me of. Now, I'm not saying it's anywhere near the quality of this movie, but um, plot wise. Uh, it, it felt to me reminiscent, just reminiscent. Uh, I want to be very clear on that of Night of the Living Dead, because you've got this group of people. It's a you know a disparate group of people holed up in one place, and uh, there's there's no consensus as to what it is that they should do. You know, some people think they should run, some people think that they should stay, and it reminded me a lot of Night of the Living Dead, where you've got these two camps, right? You've got you know. Um, one guy saying, uh, listen, we got to go in the basement. This is going to be the safest place for us. And another guy saying, there's no way I'm going in the basement. Uh, we should definitely do this. Um, and the, the sort of like infighting that you get between, uh, the, the group, it, it, to me, it, it, it had a, um, uh, even if it was only like a passing influence to night of the living dead, it, it, it did remind me of that a little bit. The demons, kind of sort of behave like zombies you know uh they didn't shamble anywhere but you know they they had that sort of um like weird um you know they're just kind of 
trying to get you thing going on. So uh, I I don't know if uh, if I'm the only one who, after explaining that, kind of gets that. Feeling. No, after hearing you say that, I mean, I, I can I can see where you where you're drawing the parallels. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, an onslaught of supernatural beings. You know, it's um, uh, it, once you boil anything down to its bare essentials, you know, you you start. Yeah, and I mean, and there, there are plenty of tropes here to be found, uh, you know, like uh, when we're talking about the story wise, um, a couple of the ones that, that are hilarious to me is the the fact that anybody who picks up a gun is suddenly, you know, just like a sure shot like there. It's like nah, I C- CCH Pounder yeah. <laughs> or Roger Rabbit. Well, no, yeah. Roger, Rab- Roger Rabbit shot the one off of uh, off the Cordelia. Yeah, well, I mean, he, uh, but he, well, he he hit it like he was. But once he him said everywhere. shoot for his eyes, it was pop pop. Uh, I well, mean, he, he was he clearly had practiced quite a bit because he was planning on taking out uh, the entire post office. Yeah, what and, the uh, is that? What and, was up with that story? Well, well, because <laughs> because when the movie was written, that's when a bunch of those post post people were going postal and actually shooting up post offices. So they they put that in there. But notice he didn't have any ammunition for any of the guns. They even said uh-huh. it. All he had was that massive right. grenade vest. All he was, had was, was a one-pole suicide, suicide vest. vest. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, one, one, there was one moment in this that that for the story, I, I don't for the story or for anything, it just it blows my mind. This moment in the movie, they make it up to the attic where they find those guns, and they're all getting a, it's it's uh, and so it's the cop. It's CCH Pounder, and it's the kid, and it's Uncle Willie. And then they're like, uh, where is everybody? And he's like, I don't know. I'll go find him. She's like, take the kid. And it's like, why? <laughs> why does he need to go back downstairs and go with because uh, Uncle Willie? Because Uncle Willie needs someone to attack. I get that, but yeah, you're staying upstairs. I get you only have one arm, but still, it's a kid, man. Like, what is he gonna do? It's an allegory for puberty because it takes him right into the room with all the tits. <laughs> but so, he didn't. But he didn't even get to see a tit. He didn't even get to see a tit. He got a comic book. That's true. So we all want nothing more to see one titty. Uncle Willie got fourteen Which, titties. But another fun fact about the movie. Uh, um, he he was talking about how it just and Billy Zane was laughing about it that apparently um, he uh, not Billy Zane um, uh, Uncle Willie Dick Miller oh, Dick, Dick Miller, Miller. Yeah. he messed up his lines every take and he's like we had to do it film it like all day he's like all these naked <laughs> women just kept distracting me and he was like so Billy Zane was like I know what he was doing he, was, <laughs> he kept messing up the lines he wanted to just see naked women veteran move yeah. Oh, it's great. Um, so we we mentioned a little bit, and um, we're we're getting into it now. You know, talking about um, Dick Miller, and uh, we've mentioned a couple of these these actors now. Um, the the characters, I think, in this movie are, um, at least for me, they were kind of the the driving point. They 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 really sell this movie. Uh, there's not very many of them, right? We've we've got uh, seven. Seven, well, well, seven plus Billy Zane. There's yeah. seven plus Billy Zane, right? But uh, one of them dies like pretty much right away. So, uh, which by the way, that that death, oh my god, getting Heads punched, up. yeah, punched right in the fucking face, and it goes Heads right up. through. Oh, that was amazing. Uh, so, do do you think the characters were well defined? Um, 
was there development that you cared for, right? Uh, it's kind of hard to have characters with, with without development. And are there any standout performances? Now, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer to that is going to be. But um, but I, I, I want to hear from you guys. Neri? Yeah, Billy Zane uh, in the... Uh, I think this is probably his uh, best role. If I, uh, I mean, Titanic was good too, but uh, he was... I mean, what else did he do? He did fucking... The Phantom. Yeah. I, I really like <laughs> uh, let's stick to this. Uh, oh, and, and Doug number four from Back to the Future. That's right. <laughs> he played Billy Zane in Zoolander. That's true. Yeah. This is it, I guess. Uh yeah, you guys are, you guys are affirming my, my earlier thought. Uh this is it. Uh he was great in this, man. I thought it was fun. Uh he did, I mean it, you could tell he had fun. Like, you know, I was talking to Jeff, and Jeff was like, This is his favorite movie. And I'm like, This it looks it, it looks yeah. like he was a lot of fun. Like he, that bit with the sponge in his mouth, holy Yo, God, yeah. that made me laugh out loud. Which I was he like, came up with that. Oh, he, did it? Oh. He, he went to the prop department, and said, "Hey, do you guys have a sponge, preferably a new one?" And they were like, "Yeah." And and he he preferably. tried the gag. I out. mean, it could go either way, though. Like, yeah. And Billy Zane, he said, he's like, most people, the majority of the time, people come up to me, it's about this movie, <laughs> and he tells me that they, and he's like, and I love the fact that this this was one of the most fun movies i did yeah it was i mean it was fun the characters were good some characters i thought were gonna stick around longer did not uh i did not think that the chick was gonna die as quick as as quick as she did uh the the cordelia Cordelia, Cordelia. i didn't think she was gonna die as quick as she did uh i thought for some reason the old trope in hollywood is like oh the poor simpleton was gonna make it you know what i mean like he's gonna be the hero or become a hero throughout this whole thing and he did not. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert! I don't know if some of you have not seen this, but uh, he did not make it. So, uh, but I, I I thought everybody did great. CCH Pounder was fantastic, you know, she, like as she always is. Um, yeah, I think uh, my favorite is uh, between Billy and and uh, I. I really did like CCH Pounder a lot. I really did like her a lot, but that might be my bias from the Shield. I'm a huge yeah, fan. well, I I think that she had the best line in the movie the that uh well okay she had the two best lines (laughs) because uh get that pussy off the table is an amazing line and uh it's lunchtime is fucking great too i I would also like to throw in one of the best uh, you know before the kill lines that's me giving you the finger asshole Uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) she killed that shit that was great yeah Yeah. i mean you know what what gets me about the characters in this movie is while they all did a good job, I, I think a lot of the a lot of the character and development in this movie boils down to every character in this movie could have been played by anyone. And if they had been a decent actor, it would have been equally successful, except for Billy Zane's character. That being said, uh, uh something that I never thought I would say of what I remembered about this movie. And that is that the the uh Thomas Hayden Church, Lowell's character, was Rich. Yeah, like uh, he's uh, I, I I found myself like, you know, not enjoying that role because he's an asshole, but he did it so well. Yeah. You know, oh, and he, wow. He, wow. What? You I didn't think trying, so? I, I, I didn't want to speak, but I'm like, I was telling Jeff, I was like, did Thomas Head in church forget how to act in this movie? Like <laughs> a quick hiatus. Like he's such a good actor. He's a good actor in Wings. He's a good actor in uh, Sideways. He's a phenomenal actor in Sideways. He's such a good actor in so many other things. And then this, he just... Yeah, and in Georgia, the jungle, too. 
and Spider-Man yeah. 3. Uh, Spider-Man 3 was even, yeah, even no. Spider-Man 3, which was a hot garbage of a movie. He still did better in no. his performance. Then this was both. Yeah, no, and I mean, look, it's 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 not. I guess it's not necessarily that it was a good performance. It was the it was the wrestling heel thing, right? Like he did a good job of making me hate him. I'm, um, I'm with you. I I I, I think that I, I liked his performance. I think that's and, more writing. I and think so, the writing of him being an asshole. He's supposed to be an asshole. You could it could have been played by anybody, and it would have been an asshole. But it would have been a believable asshole as opposed to this so guy. right, like, hey, so, buddy. I don't. Gotta listen to fucking you. <laughs> so, and so like I said, you know, and that just just going back to the characters, because you're right, it could have been played by anybody. It just so happens that on my go through this time, I found myself appreciating the effort put into making me dislike this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, as far as everybody else, yeah, we they, they they all played their part well. They all did what they were supposed to do. But yeah, I mean, head and shoulders above everybody else is the fact that that Billy Zane was incredible in this movie. This other dude did a good job. This uh, the the collector, the um, the what's his name? Oh, uh, William Sadler. Yeah, he yeah. did a good job. I thought. Yeah, yeah, he was he he was pretty. The guy good from Shawshank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know another good line is fucking uh, heads up. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great <laughs> when he punches through line. the face, God. through the face, through the face. <laughs> but um, oh, so me, um, so yeah. Um, Billy Zane, this is my favorite role Billy Zane's ever done. I, I, I adore this character. Um, I do think that William Sadler, like he, he had a key role because he had to play this person that even though he's in a house with all these people, he's alone. He's, Mm -hmm. he's still, you know, he has to bear, he's carrying this burden of he's lived since world war one. That's when he got the the key. So he's been alive since world war one. He, and he had, he has to play this guy who's sizing up these people while trying to protect them while you know trying to keep himself alive even though he knows ultimately what's going to end up happening likely to him um you know he knows how the how the story is going to end but he still you know fights still does what what he's going to do um one of the one of the the people oh let me go one one thing i wanted to say about billy zane too is the acting that he gives when he's trying to tempt the people is absolutely brilliant Mm-hmm. that that is that is uh that is amazing and does so much for the character development of especially cordelia yes that's mm-hmm. where that's where i was i was gonna go with that is you had certain you had certain characters like like jada pinkett's character she you, you she only said a few lines but everybody else basically told her story for you you know like you could tell she's the workhorse of the of that place then you find out from from cch that she's on work release but you can already kind of tell what you see how she, you know, like what she's, how she's dressed, how she's acting. Like you can tell that there's something going on, but she's like the, the, even, even the whole, that, that line with Cordelia, that it's like, oh, the guacamole didn't get out of your sheets. You know, like you can tell that Jada Pinkett's character is this, this kind of like workhorse. Now the, the thing with her is you could tell, I felt like the rest of the cast had chemistry and she didn't. And if you listen to the documentary, she's one of the people that wasn't on it. She, when they, the moment they stopped filming, she would just go to her trailer and be in there with her trainer and not talk to any of the cast, not do anything with anybody. Um, so you, I think you can see that in her performance and her interaction with everybody else. She's that one, you know, go go ahead, sorry. I, I don't know that that necessarily is 
a bad thing though because she is like destined to be this this person who's different you know uh and and there there is something even if it's only an acknowledgement of uh, like an inner strength between her and um and William Sadler you know um so uh, you're you're right that there there isn't the chemistry there that like CCH Pounder had with Charles Fleischer or um or you know the Willie that yeah. Cordelia had with Willie you know or anything like that but um but I think that if it had to have been with anyone at least it was it, it was there you know because plot wise it kind of works I can see that can we I talk about that. the weird rule that uh Carol had uh Carol Ponder uh had uh to I don't take strangers I don't take like it's a hotel like what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't take people I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's a fucking hotel. What are you talking about? Like I don't understand. Like, how is that even? How are you functioning if you're only housing people that you know in a hotel? I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a weird line to that. And, you know what I mean? It's just I, I get it. Real and, blow to your bottom line when somebody can afford <laughs> their apartment. Yeah, it's a. I get it. It's for the gag sake of him showing the money, and she's like, "Well, I'll fucking make yeah. an exception or whatever." But I just thought it was funny. When I heard it, I was like, don't you have, a, isn't this a hotel? Like, what are you, who the fuck? Like, I, you know, um, I I, it, it gave me kind of like that vibe of, which is something that doesn't really happen anymore these days, but there used to be um, like long-term, like extended stay hotels. Like, like guys who were basically renting their hotel room as apartments. There's a chain of those now called extended stay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for, for me, it's uh, the same. You know, Billy Zane kind of kind of steals the show. Anytime he's on screen, he's uh, he's chewing up scenery and spitting it back out and chewing it back up again. And yo, uh, the scene when he when he's when he's when he's like, I've had enough of this yeehaw cowboy yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you fucking ho dunk, po dunk, don't yeah. them motherfuckers. <laughs> he ad libbed that. That's another thing that Sadler said is that him and and Billy Zane ad libbed a lot of stuff together. When they were in their interactions, and he's like the like the way he can just come up with that shit, like that they that was that wasn't written. He came up with that, you know. It's it just a testament to further his 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 amazingness in this movie. Um, I I also really uh, I mean we we've talked about uh, Pounder you know uh, a lot, but I really enjoyed Charles Fleischer in this movie. Uh, as soon as I saw him, I was like, is is that fucking Roger Rabbit? And <laughs> Um, and, and sure enough, I, you know, I, I looked it up and I was like, holy shit, fucking Roger Rabbit's in this movie. And I would have liked to have seen him, you know, go, go on a little longer. Cause I, I, I think he's actually a pretty good actor. I think he did a pretty good job of, uh, uh, giving this, uh, like really hurt and lonely individual, uh, a, a very, you know, likable and personable, uh, quality. This is who he um, became after Jessica kept playing patty cake with everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He went postal. <laughs> he did. He lost it. I thought that Dave was like, he's a pretty likable guy. He was like, he was gonna fucking blow up a postal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even, <laughs> even so, I, I still I still think that he's he's someone that you know the, the audience can feel sorry for, you know. Um Dave's like, let's not jump to conclusions about mass shooters. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't know what he was gonna do. You sure there was a signed confession letter and a grenade? We don't know. Um, yeah, uh, the uh, the actress who played Cordelia was fantastic too. 
you know, uh, that's that's something that very easily can can go into into camp territory. And uh, and and she didn't play the character that way. I, I, I think even though uh, a lot of the situations were humorous and, and there's there's definitely a lot of humor to be found in the movie, uh, the, the actors treated their characters with with a lot of respect and and they they played it straight. Um, uh, to, to me, the only one who was like playing it as the funny guy was Dick Miller. And, and he's, he's so fantastic at that. Um, and we, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but it's, it's great to finally see Dick Miller, uh, have a role in a movie where, you know, he's, he's actually around for quite a bit, you know, and it's more than, than, than just a, a cameo or even an extended cameo. Yeah, um, I, I mentioned to you, he hadn't even read the script when he signed on. He was just like, oh, I'm an old, they, they told him you're an old man in a building. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And then he read the script. He's like, oh, shit, this is like a serious, I'm, I'm in this movie a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> and it was I, the first time he wore prosthetics in a movie also. Oh, really? It was the first time ever really? that he wore prosthetics. And he in the in the documentary, he's like, I hated it. I fucking hated it. I, well, I'm I sure. never, like, he's like, it was awful. But, um, but yeah. He was, and, and he, was he was he was great he i think he did a great job as as uh like one of these possessed demons um so uh de for me it's it's definitely billy zane i i love the the development that they gave to jada pinkett uh you know she starts off as someone with a chip on her shoulder and uh you know it, deservedly so but there's there's these little hints of of who she really is on the inside like in her room there's a poster of paris with uh with the eiffel tower that you see the first time that uh that william sadler goes into her room and and that's what what billy zane is is tempting her with right he's like oh you want to be the girl who travels you want to be the girl who who sees the world mm -hmm. um and uh and and those those scenes like you said were were fantastic you know he, he yeah, really he, does I like get the fact that he did he played it differently for everybody who was, mm -hmm. he was trying to seduce Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't a uh, cookie cutter. Like this is my seducing uh, voice. <laughs> Differently with everybody. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like when you show that scene, which is a great scene because of all the titties. But when he was in that scene, he was like, you know, telling Willie what he he always tells everybody what they want to hear. But he did it and it played it up in a different way, and I I I, I appreciated that. Right, and but, there's 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 a there's an awesome I guess subtlety is not the word, but there's an awesome level of of knowledge of who you're trying to seduce when you realize that for this one character you you're you've got to be this loving, compassionate person, and for this other, it's like I need a bottle of liquor. That's it. Yeah, I not, got him. Not, yeah. not subtlety, nuance. Nuance. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and I mean, it's just like, he, you know, he and he knew those levels. It's And, and you're right. It, that was that was incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. B Billy Zane, he um when he auditioned for the movie, he walked in with a briefcase and opened it up and it had a bunch of wigs because this is the first movie where he actually like he was always trying to hide his baldness. He he had been bald for a long time. So he was always wearing wigs in all of his films and all of his stage performances prior to this. And the, um, Ernest Dickinson was like, no, no, no I, I like your look without it. And he's like, oh, let me close this box of hair. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me walk yes, out of here. I shaved my head for this role. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the ticket. <laughs> um, any any final thoughts? or? Did you I think we kind of covered all the, yeah. the oh, characters. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. So one of the things that to me uh, kind of stand out in a movie that had like virtually no budget 
comparatively speaking, is special effects, right? Uh, now, th there aren't a whole lot of special effects shots in this movie, but I think what is there works, right? Now, now Demon Knight had a budget of $12 million, right? You compare this to some movies that were made in um in, in, in the 70s and the 80s um like I, I i think um evil dead was famously made for under a million dollars i think it was something like four hundred thousand dollars or something like that um and and it sounds high right but this is 1995 not the 70s right and and i um i adjusted for inflation right and in today's money 12 million dollars works out to um roughly 21.4 million right so um that's not a lot of money by today's standards to make a movie uh and and this this is a movie that was put out by um who was it universal right so like it it mm -hmm. had it had studio uh studio money studio muscle behind it and yet it's got virtually no budget so um how did it end up looking Right. Um, did, uh, did the demon makeup effects convince you? Like, were you like, oh, OK, yeah, sure. That's that's a demon. Right. Uh, the the gore, the blood. How how does all that work for the movie? I mean, it's 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 a horror movie. So we if if we're immediately sucked out like, oh, no, nah, man, that uh, I, I saw I see it right there. That sucks us out of the movie. So did were did the 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 budget affect the movie negatively or or were they you know pretty pretty good with what they had uh i um i i liked a lot of things of it what i didn't like was the the green blood i mean it was that just looked fucking absurd and ridiculous that was glow uh, stick paint yeah i mean it looked like it it literally yeah. looked like it i mean it, it was one of those things where and it was just too watery for my taste, um, as far as, <laughs> as, far as, as, far as special effects, why, like, why, why are you why are you tasting the blood though? You probably shouldn't be drinking it. And, and, and so it looked. So that's the that's the one thing. The, the the monsters looked okay. I think um, the the demons. I think that they looked okay. And I, I was it's fine with it. Like I, it didn't even take me out of the movie, you know. But the the mm -hmm. green when he started like throwing his uh, green uh, water <laughs> water uh, out of his hands I was like oh that that looks bad that doesn't look good it it reminded me of of predator yeah no. I was about to say you're, you're not feeling that <laughs> no I, I I mean it didn't remind me of predator I I mean, I mean uh no I didn't I just uh not me anyways I, I guess but um but I, I think the rest of the effects hold up I think the the red blood the the the, the blood at the doorways that was a cool effect um Shit, even when it went back to the the crucifixion, I thought that looked good. I thought everything looked. It was like See, fine. It was good. That, that's one spot where I disagree. I feel well. It's when they did the crucifixion scenes, like that took me out of the movie. Like those felt bad. Well, it was, it was very clearly like like a screen. Behind yeah, like it. yeah, it was obviously yeah, was, yeah just no like depth. a depth. Yeah, yeah. It, like that. It's it's like the the budget for it's all their budget went into like the, the dope ass way that each person like changed, right? Like that was awesome. Like it's those like, special uh, effects are great. And then at the end they're like, "Oh shit, we forgot to uh film when Christ is being crucified." Like uh what do we like, got? What do we got? I live a midnight <laughs> that explodes, like by far the most expensive shot in the film uh yeah i i wasn't i didn't i i thought would look cheesy in the crucifixion scene to be honest with you was a lizard i'm like why is he fucking lizard all of a sudden? like where 
why are we not seeing the same demons that we've been seeing in this movie already? Uh, that's the one thing that threw me off, that it was a lizard man. I was like, lizard man? Where the fuck is this coming from? But, well, the, the mean, demons had those same lizard tails. But the faces in the flashback, I thought, felt looked more reptilian than than his minions that were oh, in the I, hotel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, well, I think also it looked like a straight lizard as, or, you I, know, in comparison to like a skull. But I think it's more because of the lighting, because yeah. one of the one again, one of the other things they mentioned in the documentaries, and you don't really see it. You only see it on one of the demons. They the, what they did on the face, there was piercings. There was a bunch of stuff that you really couldn't see because most of the times when the demons were in the shot, it was it was excessively dark. So you really couldn't make out all the features. So it could very well be that it was the same lizard face. It's just you couldn't see it. I, True enough, but it felt I, different. If I yeah. if I were a betting man, I'd say that it was the same exact demon makeup. Uh, but when you when you don't have a lot of demon makeup to go around, right? And you you've got maybe the the same couple prosthetics. Uh, you're gonna want to use low lighting to hide that, right? right. Um, you know. Uh, low lighting can hide a lot of um fallbacks yeah in uh in in special effects particularly and and so i think they they did that like i didn't even realize that they had tails until there was one shot where um i think it's right as uh thomas hayden church is uh is making that uh that deal with billy zane oh and 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 there's this you know shot from the side where where you see them coming up the stairs i'm like oh fuck they have tails yeah so I, I that's, that's when I was to me. That's actually I didn't even know that it had tails. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah well, you're right. That may be the only scene where you do see him, but I can I know exactly the spot you're well, talking I, about because I did the same thing. I thought I had seen a, a demon penis earlier. This guy always the, look, but, this guy always looking for demon <laughs> penises. Because <laughs> because of the way because of the way it was shot, it was like from straight on, and he was like jumping, and I was they, like, is that is that, that, is that demon cock? You Is that got, demon dick? Did you see demon dick? Oh, they they had originally this they, they had originally submitted a budget for like an army of demons. And then the studio mm-hmm. came back and said, Yeah, we're not gonna have any demons. It's just gonna be people with sunglasses on. Yeah, best I sunglasses and suits, right? Yeah. yeah. Sunglasses. So it was gonna look like men in black with like a couple boils and stuff around the face. And like it would be that, you know, lowering your eyes and there's there's the light. But then they were like, Okay, well, how about we just have like Six deep because you can't have de- they're like you call the the one of the guy who was in charge of the makeup was like you're making a movie called Demon Knight and you're not gonna have any actual demons what, inside. What is of he? The what movie. is he knighting against? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like you're having these men in black looking motherfuckers instead of actual demons. The you know? the the special effect though that stood out to me the most in a very negative way and it's the most ridiculous one. It's the most ridiculous thing to like stand out and upset me. That fucking like bobcat sex panther growl that would happen like every time like they they like looked at the key or like they like stuck it on the hand. Yeah. Like, it's the exact same sound effect as when Ron Burgundy like or when uh, when Paul Rudd opens his cologne and the sex panther comes up. It's like the exact same thing. And that and it was one of the, it was like a it was like the glass shattering from How I Met Your Mother. Like I noticed it yeah. early in the movie when he looked at his hand, and then every time it happened, I was it was. Just just, it was just piercing. I was like, "Why? Why of all the sound effects is this what we went with?" So that that one got me um, as far as a negative thing. And then maybe, the other, maybe it's because we're Florida Panther fans, but that didn't stop us. We're like, that right. growl, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "All right, pause up." 
Cool. <laughs> <laughs> just board, oh, I get it. All right. Um, the the other thing, and I guess it's it's like a combination of like special effects and just kind of whatever. It cracks me up that just tossing Jada Pinkett in the shower for like 30 seconds was oh, yeah. enough that her outfit was white as hell again. And she was dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she was she's completely dry. And I was like, I've gotten a drop of blood on clothing before that has never come out. This this chick doused herself in it. And he was like, burr, 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 and we're good. And she's like, mm, looks, I mean, just Clorox commercial white. Really? All of a sudden, that, that, was, that, that cracked was me up. Clean, bro. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really amazing. Yeah. Um, so like the, the one, the one special effect that I, I'm like, I was like, Oh boy. Every time I watch it is the, the, at the beginning when the crib keepers dressed like the director and he walks towards Laraquette and you, oh, it's like, yeah. and, and the thing is, is like, if you re go back, go back today after we finish recording and just go to that scene and you can see where the green screen is I still, is yeah. still lighting up on the neck. Cause they yeah, just they, had a they, guy with a green head walk up to be the crib keeper. They use like, like <laughs> rear projection or something yeah. on it. And, and it does not look good. And then the thing is that they used, they used the puppet for, for the next shot. Yeah. And it looks so much better. I don't know why yeah. they didn't just use the puppet for um for that first like, shot yeah he um, didn't need to have, be walking up there but yeah, i what yeah, i love about the movie weird. is it's the majority of it is practical effects and i'm always all for practical effects yeah. like you 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 have my heart if you're gonna do practical effects i really do well, and and speaking of that that opening scene uh john larroquette's uh like reanimated you know corpse coming out of the 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 acid like the the way that it the the flesh just turns oh to goo. yeah and like he it snaps was and a piece just so, falls it was off so yummy oh it was it was it was delicious <laughs> yeah the fingers are snapping right off because the bones are turning to to pudding it was uh oh it was it was awesome yeah I love and that one. you know like that i said great. budget budget used in all those places then they were just like <laughs> oh shit man it's like uh they're, they're, it's it's always funny when you can spot that moment where they when they suddenly realize they only had this much money left um <laughs> imagine the, the the production manager be like uh all right we're doing the crucible is that today <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, no, we, got, we got some two by fours and an orange screen. Go, go, go. <laughs> Not, I thought we were doing that next month. It's done. It's done. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, I mean, all, all in all, I, I think with, with the budget that they had, they, they didn't do a bad job. Um, you know, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to, to do more with with 12 million dollars in 1995 yeah I, I i don't know if that makes any sense i mean if i'd uh, had 12 million dollars in 1995 i was 12 so i mean <laughs> lord i i've been richie rich in it catapult yeah. myself to school and shit so they made a movie good for them blank check <laughs> oh i love blank check <laughs> mr mcintosh um all right so I think we covered pretty much anything. Anyone want to add anything before we we wrap this one up? We talked about lines earlier that that stand out. I love the moment when uh, Thomas Hayden Church is watching away, walking away right before he dies, and uh, and he says "Via con Dios," and Billy Zane just perfectly reminds, "Yeah, yeah, Via con Diablos." Like I just, yeah. it's, it's such like this little <laughs> throwaway thing, but it just it just so perfectly paints the character, just how nonchalantly he says it. Like he's just, you know, that's just how he replies to that, yeah. and uh, like 
I just there there was there's it's you know that goes back to the point breaking me. That's just that's just a phrase that I love, and so just to hear him so perfectly reply to that, I I just loved that. That was something I was going to say back in character development. Um, there there were the two things I forgot to mention. Um, one was that the the demon birthing scene reminded me a lot of Jason and the Argonauts. Well, they based um, it off of that. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that that um I picked up on something there because him like spreading the the blood and the the demons sprouting from yeah. the ground to me that was just like when when they they bring the the skeletons out yeah. at the end of Jason and the Argonauts and I thought that was that was a really cool callback to uh what is you know one of the most iconic scenes in in movie history, um and the uh, the other thing was uh there was one. I, I think it well, at least it got me. There's one genuine jump scare in this movie where I was like, "Oh shit!" And it's uh, when you finally see Demon Willie. Oh yeah, uh, yeah that that one actually got me. I I'm I'm with Nary. I don't think that this is a particularly scary movie. Um, you know, you're you're using uh, horror monsters, classic horror monsters, demons, and you know, uh, possessed people and stuff like that. Uh, but as far as it being scary, you know, terrifying, I don't think it really is. But that demon Willie jump scare, I think, is particularly good. And I knew it was coming, and it still got me. And that's, I, I think that's that's a good sign of a of of a of a good jump scare uh, when it's like, ah, I knew you were coming, and you still got me. Um, and Debona, you were talking about like um, funny lines. Uh, Roach has, I, I love that the line when they're when he's in the the on the bed, and it's just like my nipples are smoking. <laughs> my nipples like, are smoking. <laughs> and then the deputy goes like downstairs, and he's there like they're like, what was going on there? And he said something like, you know, when your pickup truck breaks down, <laughs> yeah, and you're he's like, like holding he's like, like the jumper cables, like, he's like, like I don't want to hear it. I don't hear it. <laughs> Like I, that, I, I, that was that was a character that had really good character development because he started off as um, as Barney know, Fife. This, yeah, yeah, he was pretty much Barney Fife, and 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 but by the end, he's he's actually a competent you know police officer, you know who's who's thinking about others and, and and saving lives. Yeah, <laughs> he's a sniper. I'm a fucking shoot eyeballs out. Like that's what I'm saying, man. And uh, at least one, it makes oh. sense for him. He's a cop. At least and you could right. at least have like he's a cop. You know, he had to pass a shooting exam. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. One one other uh, quick thing. So just just as a praise, because we didn't haven't really talked about the director, um, Ernest Dickinson. He he said they gave him a forty day filming window to film the movie. He thought he ended up deciding to put the movie in an to do the set in just an airport hangar since it was just going to be one building. So they could film at any time. He said, and this might be why a lot of when you listen to a lot of the actors that were in this movie, they all they say is the praise of it and how they would love to do a sequel and how this was one of the best experiences they've had is he said, I'm not going to go to the 40 days and I'm also not going to overwork my crew. So they literally they had they had nine to five shooting days. And then he would send them home so they could be with their families, do whatever they want to do, everything like that. So that 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 says a lot about him, you know, thinking about his crew and thinking about the, the actors and and everybody in the movie and not just I need to make myself look good. I'm going to work these people to the bone. 
So I just wanted to point that out. The bonus, like maybe make your crew work one weekend. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, one weekend so you could do the crucifix. <laughs> yeah, just the crucifix scene. That's it. <laughs> maybe just Sunday. Just work yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Can we leave at nine today instead of five. Just put in a couple extra hours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll buy you pizza. We'll buy you pizza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Jeff recommended a, a couple different rating systems. <laughs> I, I really like uh, X out of five battery powered nipple clamps here for uh, it. I think I, I, I think that's the real winner here. So uh, Nary out of five possible battery powered nipple clamps. How many would you give this five? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Adamant. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it knew exactly what it was. It didn't try to be more. It wasn't any less. It, was, it, it knew exactly what it was. It gave me exactly what it was going to give me. When you tell me Tales from the Crypt, right, we all know it's going to be funny. We all know it's going to have some horror elements, and it delivered. It was fun. Uh, you know, my problems with the plot are what we talked about earlier. Uh, they didn't change my reaction in the movie. There were MacGuffins. It doesn't matter. So for me to give it a, you know, for me to take away anything of it because of the problems that I had with the plot, the problem that I had with the plot didn't change the movie. It wasn't going to change the movie. The movie was just a fun. It's just a fun ride. It was, if, if you know what it felt like, it felt like you were uh, going through a really cool uh, um, haunted house, and you're just there along for the ride, and you see some funny shit, and you see some funny goofs, like oh, you see how cheesy that was. But it was all within the spirit of the haunted house. It wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like, hey, we have the world's most expensive haunted house, and then you see some fucking doll pop up. It was like, <laughs> like you go to the county fair and you go to the haunted house. Right. You know every, you know where all the turns are gonna go, but yeah, it's fucking fun. I could right. tell he digged it because he was sending me text messages of just lines. Yeah. Like, oh, and I was <laughs> the fact that I had to look look this up that it was not nominated. I was like, oh, here he's there. Like, he's at that part, and he and he was. Just, that's great. I mean, I lost my shit when she said, get that pussy <laughs> off the table. Uh, and then she so fucking good. jumped off the fucking table. That's what made it You could have like, alone and get the cat out, but she she jumped off the table and she goes, oh, I meant I meant the cat. Like, oh, <laughs> that's, that, good, that smirk man. that she uses when she says, I meant the cat is is just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. perfect. Hey. Uh, uh, Debona, what about you? Uh, I mean... I, th I thought I knew where I was going to go, but, but Neri, Neri has a really good point. So um, I, I'll go, I'm going to go a little bit higher and uh, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go three and a half. I was just going to go three, but I think I, I do. I, 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 you said you're going to go higher, go higher than five. Jesus Christ. Like, no, 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 no. Higher, <laughs> higher than I was going to go. I was going to go just we're giving was, extra credit points. Yeah, no, Keep I was going to go just stars. three um, because, you know, like, but you, you've got a very good point in the fact that, um, the, the the movie knew what it was and i knew what i was in for when i got it and it delivered on what i wanted from it uh so I, i'm gonna go three because i think it's a solid watch i think it's i think it's a lot a three of fun or three and a half a three and a half three and a half excuse me i'm gonna go three and a half so um it's it's a solid watch it's one that i would recommend to somebody uh, i want to rewatch it and uh and so yeah I'll, I'll go three and a half uh nipple clamps um i don't know what you do with the half of one but uh you know you know where that goes. You know where that goes. <laughs> so you're right. The movie knew what it was. It was a lot of fun. Some of the you know, some of the special effects and stuff like that. Uh the occasional, you know, the occasional just like little thing that that took me out of the moment is is why I can't go any higher than that. 
And if you watch Bordello of Blood, there is a three-tittied vampire in it. So oh, you I've seen Bordello of Blood, man. Yeah, so you can use it on her. Hey. Um, so obviously, I, this was my recommendation. I, I, I am not going to sit here and pretend that nostalgia is not going to be a huge factor in my rating. Um, also, I agree with Neri 100%. Typically, the movies that I've recommended to you guys or that I, I watch, I know what they're they they are and as long as they they realize what they are and they're not trying to be something bigger than what they are i can appreciate it i adore this movie i like i said i've watched it three times in the last five days and i'm still not and it's on again i'm still not tired of it you know um i'm, I'm i have to i have to go with a five nipple clamps because <laughs> this is this this I, I i don't get tired of this movie and i know five i'm not i'm, I'm not comparing it to like Right, you're you're, you're it, this is for this movie. thing, right? Right, fair enough. So that, that's why um, it's out of nipple clamps. It's not. Right. That's why it's, the rating changes for each one because we're looking right. at each movie individually. I I, yeah. I love it, and and the it it reemphasized my love for watching that documentary that I told you guys about. Which for the folks, I don't think we met, I, I mentioned the documentary, but I haven't mentioned on here that it's on YouTube. Um, just type in Demon Eye documentary. It reemphasized my love for the movie. Plus, seeing a lot of the responses from people on my Facebook that I, some people that I didn't even realize were be into that movie, with that they were telling me, "Oh, that movie's fantastic! I love that movie. That movie's so great." So it, it just reemphasized and added to my rating on there. So yeah, five, five, five electric nipple clamps. All right, put them where you will. Um, so <laughs> I, <laughs> um, kind of like Debona. I Neri kind of convinced me to go a little higher. Um, I was going to go three and a half. Um, and I, I think in, in a, in a perfect rating system, I, I would go three and three quarter stars, uh, but no one uses quarters. Right. Uh, and so, so I, Hell, we didn't even of, know you could do halves until the yeah. first episode. So, um, <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, I was thinking, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm going to round down instead of rounding up. And, and go down to three and a half. But I think I'm going to go up to four. I'm going to go up to four stars. Um, movie's a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun watching it. Um, there, you know, there, there are moments where uh, where I, I, I wish the movie would either lean more into uh, the comedy of it or lean more into uh, into the horror of it. And and I think for that reason, I'm I'm not going to give it a five. Uh, I love that you said that as the decapitated head of the Crypt Keeper showed up on the screen <laughs> in the back saying they gave me final cut. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that was that was so great. <laughs> um, but I yeah I, I I really like this movie for for what it is, and I I think that um, there is enough of tales from the crypt to. Uh, to, to feel like I've I, I've done like a little mini marathon once uh, once once I've finished watching this, uh, Neri, you should definitely go back and watch some of those those classic tales from the yeah, oh, yeah. I watched it. like I, I really this made me this uh, I remember watching a couple episodes a few years ago and thinking to myself I should probably watch more and then uh, watching this yesterday I, I was talking to Jeff I was like yeah I really should be watching more um, Death of Some Salesman Tim Curry plays an entire redneck like like inbred family spectacular well, tim what's, curry's in part three of the trilogy of yes. this movie ritual what's uh what's the one with uh don rickles uh with with the ventriloquist dummy um oh i don't remember 
Let's see. That was fun. Uh, average star, by the way, average rating for this movie was 4.3. Hey. Yeah, 4.3. So that's that that's not bad, right? Um I I I that's definitely a recommend. Oh, it's actually it's called the ventriloquist dummy, season oh. two, episode <laughs> ten. It's the last one in the season. Uh so that's that that's a really great one. They have uh, these so on DVD. Do, do do is the digital not like is DVD quality just the same as the? Yeah, I mean it's it's still just yeah. 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 Like I've got I've got seasons one and two on DVD, and I mean they're just they're just they're not they're not uh, remastered. upgraded remastered at all. Okay. I think I have seasons one through four maybe in iTunes, um, and I was I was buying them as I was rewatching, and then I I, I kind of like moved away from it and didn't, didn't continue. Um, I think the only thing Schwarzenegger has ever directed is an episode yeah. for, yeah. uh, for tales from the crypt, uh, which is a really good one too. So, um, so there you have it. 4.3 is the average. That's, um, uh, that's pretty good. That's been demon night. Uh, so we will pick up where we left off for, for next time when uh when we continue with the conjuring um and uh and and that'll that that'll be uh jeff you're always welcome to come back on so if if you if you want to if you want to come back for the conjuring you're cool. uh you're you're more than welcome uh please make sure to check out the episode that Arnold Schwarzenegger directed is the one that you've seen nary with the old yeah, guy I, I, trading I, his I, body parts i didn't realize that yeah i i shared that on 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 their chat that's fine. Okay, missed it. Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger tweeted that out uh, X amount of months ago, and I and I was like, "Oh shit, this is the one episode I've seen." Yeah, oh, it wasn't about a maid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so please, please make sure that you check uh, check out the other uh, Geek Bro podcasts. Uh, we've got What's Up, Bro. We've got uh, Mount Geek More. We've got uh, seasons. Uh, we've got comedy fitness coming back soon. A dose of Ellie. Um, uh, Childlike at best. Better let me tell you. Um, is is the martial arts one up already? No, it's well. It's gonna. We're, we're doing our first recording on Thursday. So in two days from the time of this recording. So if you listen to the audio version of this, it's already up. Uh, it's kick flicks. Uh, all one word like Netflix, but with kicking. Uh, so Kickflix, uh, go to Kickflix Pod uh, on all social medias. Kickflix Pod. All right, there you go. We're doing sidekicks. Um, yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about sidekicks. We're <laughs> we're watching and reviewing uh, 1992's classic sidekicks. So. Classic, <laughs> classic. All right, we're just throwing terms around these days, I guess. Um, uh, well, just told, I, what, I, I haven't just I, say I, whatever I, is whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck. I, I haven't seen sidekicks in it's in, it's in, in the many family years, chair. Go so. ahead. Go ahead. It's in the family chair. Watch it. Um, <laughs> Deep impact. Oh. <laughs> uh, if you want if you want uh, if you want to know what that's about, you gotta go listen to the uh, to the last Mount Geek more. Uh, so you can get all these things at uh, geekbro.net. Um, follow us on all our social media. Everything is Shiverpod, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we should start a TikTok, do like a horror TikTok. Um, I don't know what we'd put up there, but um, we could we we could think about that later. Neary TikToks, 
And, and yeah, oh, I, I tried, man. I've been, I mean, I, I had to take a break in the last couple of weeks because my life has been getting really busy with adding all these podcasts, but it's just hard. TikTok is like a full time, like getting in, like it's, it's really like, it's learning a whole new muscle. It's really, really, I mean, it's fun when it comes out right, but fuck, it's hard. <laughs> I tried to post one and I was like, no, yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to do. No. Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, you know what? I'll just watch. <laughs> so thank you so very much for uh for being here with us and uh and listening to us talk about demon night and we will see you all next time fright you very much